Hey guys, thanks for swinging by our podcast today. We hope this message leaves you encouraged and filled with hope and that Christ and His goodness is meeting your every need. We're going to excuse us while we redecorate for a moment. Thank you, boys. An old John boy turned 16 this week. <laughs> We're going to sing, right? Let's just do it. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear John. <coughs> You're welcome. Amen. 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 We love you, John. I'm proud of you. Proud of the man you're becoming, too, even in the last year that you've been here. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Jesus is good. <laughs> they can go with Pastor Milton if they'd like. Thank you. Amen. Show of hands, who's sore today? <laughs> we, we were joking yesterday. We were joking yesterday that we were going to raise our hands like the Baptists. <laughs> I love the Baptists, but, but we're just, that's right. They, they, that's right. I don't know who they're. <laughs> anyway, that was inappropriate. <laughs> the Lord's good. So, so I, I, I like totally had a change of heart on what I'm going to share this morning, and that's okay. I felt very strong on this. Uh, last week I shared on the simplicity of the gospel. We complicate it. So, so here would be the summation of probably the next two or three weeks if I had continued. Quit complicating it. <laughs> That's it. You got it. <laughs> just, just, just read the word. Get on your knees before him and believe what he says. And if it doesn't line up with the word, then guess what? Don't put it in there. It's an ingredient that you don't need. All right? All right. So I felt really strong about this. I felt like the Lord was giving a grace to share about something that's really, um, I've been on a journey the last, I don't know, the last year. And I didn't, I'll say this, like I wasn't, uh, I wasn't struggling with sins. I haven't done anything like that. But I feel like I've been on a journey this last year where the Lord's just really been changing my heart. And the things that used to be really important to me are not important to me. And, and the things that used to not be important are of the utmost importance. And the Lord has really just been teaching me what it means to follow him and, and how to, like, I'll be honest, like doing this, like it's overwhelming sometimes. Because I feel like there's some days I wake up and I'll hear the whispers of the enemy saying, you don't know what you're doing. I know, none of us do. I'll hear them. You don't know what you're doing. You don't know how to leave church. You're terrible at this, that, and the other. And I'm not telling you to, I'm not telling you to feel sorry for me. I'm telling you what, where I, what I hear and what I'm susceptible to, okay? You're an awful leader, you're crazy. You've got people that moved from all over the country that are moving across the country to be part of this. And there are some days where you can't even function as a normal human being. And I hear those things. 
And I'm like, Lord, I, I really, there are days where I feel like I don't know my head from a hole in the ground. What am I supposed to do? And I'll just go. And I don't try, like, I don't go and be like, and, and, and like even last night I was joking with Jeremy. He's like, you need to go home and rest. And like, well, I really need to write a sermon. And I laughed and I was like, well, actually I don't because I, I just want to share out the overflow of my heart. But it would have used to have stressed, think I need to, if I, if I teach this, it leads to this. And if it leads to this, it leads to this. Almost like a, a formula. And uh, like now... It's like the last year, year and I don't want to do that. I just want to get along with him and enjoy him. And whatever comes out of that, comes out of that. And that's what I want for our church. Like I want our, I want our church to grow. And I believe, and I, like I want us to grow. I, I want us to be sharing the gospel. I want us to be reaching the lost, the sick, the broken, the downtrodden. You send us everyone. I'm like, Lord, send us everyone that no one else wants. Just send those people to us. And, and I think if we're hungry for those people, the Lord will send us the ones everyone else wants too. And so, so like, I'm just like, Lord, I, I just want to be a, a people that learn to obsess over the presence of the Lord all the days of their life. And if I can do that, if I, I say if I can do that, if I can help facilitate that, or if I can equip people to do that, then I feel like I can stand before him and, and not... I'll be, there'll be fear and trembling because he's holy, but I, but I won't be afraid that I'm gonna, he's going to send me to hell. <laughs> just, just, I just want people to fall in love with him. Yes. So look at Psalm 91, and I'm going to read this. This is, my, this is my favorite psalm. This one is, is life to me. And this is one that, that I have prayed and prophesied over myself and my house. I walk, my, I walk around my house and I'll declare this psalm over my house. I just read it out loud. Say, this is for my house. And, and, and then this past week, it was like the Lord just gave some new light on it. And uh, because I was really, I'll share it in just a second, but I was really focusing on the promises of Psalm 91 but not the contingency of Psalm 91, if that makes sense. Like there's pre-qualifiers to get into the promises. And so how many understand, like we, if we want the promises of God, we need to walk with, in covenant with God and we need to walk in righteousness before God. Because if I'm walking in sin, you understand those promises don't count for me. All right. We want it to, but it's not. It, they don't, Okay. And uh, it's and, and we like grace, but it's not it's grace is free, but it's not it's it's not cheap either. So anyway, let me just read Psalm ninety one, and and we'll just go. But it's <laughs> he who dwells in the shelter of the Most High, he who dwells in the shelter of the Most High, will abide in the shadow of the Almighty. <laughs> I will say to the Lord. My refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. For it is he who delivers you from the snare of the trapper and from the deadly pestilence. <sighs> my favorite verse in all the Bible. He will cover you with his pinions or he will cover you with his feathers. And under his wings you may seek refuge. His faithfulness is a shield and a bulwark. You will not be afraid of the terror by night or of the arrow that flies by day, 
of a pestilence that stalks in darkness. And that the truth that sometimes it just feels like it's just coming after you. Or of the destruction that lays waste at noon. A thousand may fall at your side and ten thousand at your right hand, but it shall not approach you. You shall look on with your eyes and see the re- recompense, whatever, of the Lord. <laughs> I pronounced it great this morning. <laughs> I did. <laughs> for you have made the Lord my refuge even the most high your dwelling place no evil will befall you nor will any plague come to your tent I mean how wouldn't that be great nothing evil is going to happen and no sickness is going to come to my family for he will give his angels charge concerning you to guard you in all of your ways They will bear you up in their hands that you do not strike your foot against a stone. You will tread upon the lion and the cobra, the young lion and the serpent. They they, they will trample you down because you have loved me. Therefore, I will deliver him. This is the Lord speaking here. Because you love me, therefore, I will deliver him. I will set him securely on high because he has known my name. By the way, what's eternal life? To know God. He will call upon me. I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will rescue him and honor him with a long life. I will satisfy him and let him see my salvation. So it's an amazing psalm with lots of amazing promises. And again, like I've obsessed over these promises and they're wonderful promises and there are promises and, and like they're my promises. Okay, I've just, I, just, I just read it and I speak it out over my house. I speak it out over my wife when she's laying in bed I'll, and she's asleep. I'll whisper this psalm in bed. I'll, I'll, I'll go stand before my boy's bedroom door and I'll speak it out against his door and just believe that this is the will of God for my family. Okay, And so I, I just believe that. But again, there's, there, there's all these promises, but there's that qualifier at the beginning that I'll get to. But listen to these promises just in this. You'll be delivered from the snare of the enemy. Which means that when the enemy sets a trap, he works all things together of those for the he works all things for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purposes. Like he's going to deliver you from the schemes and the traps of the enemy, right? He's going to surround you with his pinions. He will cover you with his feathers, which means he's a safe place. He's safe. He's going to deliver us from our fears, which means like. If my fear's right here, he, uh, he goes and he picks you up. And he's like, I'm going to put you right here. And there just happens to be no fear right here. I've delivered you from it. I mean, that's, that's what's in this psalm. There, there's no sicknesses. I think, hallelujah, I don't want to be sick, right? Hallelujah, that's what his word says. Enemies will die before they even get to you. That's when he says that, 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 that a thousand may fall at your side and 10,000 at your right hand, which means that they don't even come to you, but he takes care of the enemy when he doesn't even get to you, right? I mean, there's all these promises. Then it says he'll dispatch angels upon your behalf. It's like, he's like, Mike, not Michael, but Archangel Michael. Michael's down there, he needs help. Go. And he's like, and he goes. I mean, I don't understand that, but that's what his word says. I think that's really cool. <laughs> you know I think that's really cool. They're not just all up in heaven playing harps, okay? <laughs> 
It says that you'll stop snakes and lions. You'll be set in a safe place. He honors us. And he gives us long life. Like there's all these promises in this. But here's the qualifier. He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will abide in the shadow of the Almighty. And in verse 2, it says, I will say to the Lord, my refuge, my fortress, my God, in whom I trust. I think the goal of the Christian life isn't, it is so I can go to heaven, but it's so much more than that. The goal of the Christian life is so I can abide in his presence all the days of my life. So I can abide in him. It's, it's what Jesus was praying in John 15. I can't remember if it starts with verse 3 or 4. But it's John 15 when, when he talks about the vine and the branch. And he says, they abide in me and I abide in them. As it, it, that's the goal, is to abide in him. And so if that's the goal, I, I, want to, I want to kind of pick this apart for just a few minutes here. If abiding's the goal, how do I get to abiding? Well, you start by dwelling. That's what the verse says. It says, he who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will abide in the shadow of the Almighty. Dwelling is the precursor to abiding. It's like, well, what in the world does that mean? It's just getting weird. Dwell means to sit. So he who sits, he who sits with the Most High will abide in the shadow of the Almighty. One of the most difficult things for us, one of the most difficult things for me is to sit and do nothing. Right? Like, it's like, I feel like I got to be productive. April got on to me. Like, I, I was dog tired yesterday. And, and I started, I, she was sitting there and she was relaxing and just sitting. And, and I was just busy doing nothing, but I was busy. She's like, would you just sit down? And I'm like, I just felt like I needed to be doing stuff. Right? Well, I, I think in order, if we could learn to sit with the Lord, I think sitting with the Lord is actually lingering, if I could use that word. Sitting with the Lord is, is allowing ourselves to linger for the Lord. And you will never learn to linger unless you learn to long for the thing that you're lingering for. It's like, it's, it's like, it's, it's like you, you, you have to long for what you're lingering for. In other words, if you don't put a high value on him, you're not going to wait. It's like if you're saving up for a down payment on a house, you're, you're waiting because you think that the house is worth it, right? And so if you're with the Lord, rather than giving him the three minutes before you run out the door, you start to say, you know what, I'm going to give you a little bit more time, which sounds crazy to me because I stopped setting time aside from the Lord. I mean, I wake up and I have my time first thing with him, but, but I feel like I'm with the Lord all day long now. But... When you linger, you begin the long. And when you begin the long, it allows you to linger and wait longer. All right. It really does. And abide, this is what's amazing to me. It says, he who dwells, he who sits, uh, uh, he who sits in the shelter of the Most High will abide in the shadow of the Lord Almighty. Abide means to lodge, like to set up camp, to build a house. So he who sits, or he who dwells, with the Lord Most High, builds a house in the shadow of the Lord Almighty. 
And it's not just build a house, what that translates as. It actually means spend the night. Like it's, and, and let's be for real, but just, it's, it's one thing. It's one thing to go visit friends. It's another thing to be asked to spend the night with friends. It's a totally different level, right? It's a totally different level of intimacy with people because, uh, I mean, and, and then if you, you talk about marriage, like I used to hang out with April, then we got married, then we started living together. We started spending the night together. That's much different than just going and having, I, I, I don't know, I don't know where we used to eat all the time, Long John Silver's. That's much different than going Long John Silver's, right? <laughs> but I think that this is a really, I think this is a really amazing picture and, and you could even think of it like this with, with courtship, if you will. Like you spend time with a significant other. You spend time with someone that you think is worth it so that when your courtship is done and you get married, you get to enjoy the intimacy with that person. I'm sorry if that makes you uncomfortable, but it's just the truth. You need to hear it. And so <laughs> you need to hear it. And so he invites us into this level of intimacy. And the only way we get into that level of intimacy, which, by the way, the world has completely perverted intimacy uh, uh, to, to a complete thing because they think you have this partner, this partner, this partner, and you really can't. You really should not because then you don't appreciate what you have when you actually have it. I don't think I've ever said that from the pulpit. It's the truth. It's the truth, and I said this. I said this a few months ago. Like the idea of Christian dating is ridiculous to me. I don't. I, I'm going to spend time with this person and spend whatever, get to know them, and if I don't like them, I'm going to break it off. Rather than asking the Lord to lead you to that right person, I'm not trying to put anything on anyone. But what we do with our kids is we teach our kids divorce practice. Just stay with them until you don't like them and move on. I don't know. Anyway, that's free. You can do with that what you want. And you're welcome, Internet. I don't care. It's one thing to be invited into someone's house, but to spend the night is something altogether different. And the goal of a relationship with God is to live in that place where we're like, I'm not just going to be a guest, right? But I'm going to be allowed to enter in and go anywhere in the house that I want to go. I'm going to go into this place and, and, and just spend time and abide in him and rest in him. That's what he's inviting us into, folks. And so this is the invitation the Lord's giving us is to sit down first with him. That's the revelation we talk about all the time here. Psalm 4610, be still and know that I'm God. Sink down as if you're sitting and know that I'm God. And again, that's a picture of what the Lord invites you into. My relationship with God isn't this. I think there's a time when we can pray like that. Like there's times when I go to my basement and I'm like, I'm, 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 I'm getting it when I'm praying, right? <laughs> and, that, and I'll be honest, that doesn't happen real often. Most of my time with the Lord now these days is just this. Just gonna be sit. I'm gonna quit trying to work something up, and I'm just gonna sit in his presence, and I'm gonna talk to him, and he's gonna talk to me, and and this is becoming I'm getting, like I, it's like feeling right now, and and like this is just one of those things that 
if we could learn to do this, it invites us even deeper than we've ever dreamt possible. But it starts with this, okay? And, and, and whether it's just sitting there in silence, I say, what did you It's whether it's sitting there in silence, whether it's reading the word, whether it's meditating on the word, doesn't matter. We just need to get to where we can still ourselves long enough to where we begin to dwell in the shelter of the Most High. The safest place you'll ever have is when you dwell in the shelter of the Most High because then he will, he will let you abide in the shadow of his wings. By the way, fun fact, I believe that the only way, like, you know, Peter's, in the book of Acts, like Peter's shadow healed people. I used to pray, Lord, let my shadow heal people, and the Lord so convicted me of that. And he said, I would begin to heal people with your shadow if you would rest in the shadow of my wings because it's not your shadow that's healing people. It's my shadow that's overshadowing you and healing people. And so, so I'm like, I'm just going to sit here and maybe that'll just overshadow people. So, see, sink down as if you're sitting. And this is really hard if we're honest because most of us, we can't sit in silence for longer than two or three minutes. So, and, and I'm not trying to point any fingers or mess with anyone, but some of us have probably checked Facebook a minimum of six or seven times since we've been here today. <laughs> That's just for real, right? Or we read our Bible like this. <laughs> we'll read our Bible, we, we pick it up, and we're reading it. And then we'll pick up our phone. My phone's back here. But we'll pick up our phone, and we start. I read a chapter. All right. What'd they say about that post it Like we do stuff like that. We do stuff like that. Some of you doesn't apply because you don't do social media. Praise the Lord. But some of us, I'm just saying, some of us, some of us, like we can't, we, we, we got to be doing like 10 different things. And what if the only thing that matters is sitting alone with him, right? Some of us, we can't relax. Some of us, we can't even relax because we're thinking of what we got to do tomorrow. Some of us don't sleep well at night because we're anxious over what we've got to do at work tomorrow. You and I say, like, when I, when I lay down, do I not, when I lay down, do I not just, I'm out. I'm out. <laughs> this, this is, and again, I'm just really just trying to be honest with you today. Like, like I, I didn't used to do that, but I can tell you, within the last year, I'll go to bed, and I, it's, when I go to bed, it's not a time for intercession. <laughs> it's not a time for me to pray. I, 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 it's, it's not a time, like, I'll thank the Lord for the day, but it's not a time for any of those things. When I lay down, all I want to do is I want to fix my gaze upon him, if that makes sense. I want to make myself, it's almost as if I'm, I'm, I'm laying there and I just want to become aware that he's there in the room with me. I don't have to do anything other than just acknowledge that he's there because he's, he's promised never leave or forsake me. The kingdom of heaven is at hand, it's with, or the kingdom of heaven is within. So he's here. And so all I want to do is acknowledge that he's there. And in his kingdom is righteousness, joy, and peace. And if there's peace, and that's when I get bad sleep, when I don't allow myself to do that because I think of everything that needs accomplished. Right now, I'm just telling it would be really easy to be like, we got to get this done over on the other side, this, 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 this done before we can use it to, at the beginning of April or for the women's con. Like it's, I stress out about it, but, but I start to turn my heart to him. And, and again, I'm not praying. I'm not doing anything. I just want to be aware of the fact that he's in the room with me. Hmm. 
That's really good. <laughs> uh, when we learn to, fun fact here, <laughs> when we learn to do it alone with the Lord, then you have permission to do that with others. And that's why we don't do a whole lot through the midweek in this church. Because I want you to do those things with others without having to schedule those things with others. That sounds silly. Like I, I don't, the, the, the Christian life is not organized around an event at the church. The Christian life is organized around his presence, which is everywhere that I am. I've jokingly said this, and I actually think there's truth to it. Like, I know when we don't spend a lot of time with each other through the week, whether it's phone calls or text, because it takes forever us to enter into the atmosphere of prayer because we're all talking. And again, I like that we talk in fellowship, but it takes a little bit longer to get into that atmosphere because we haven't heard from each other all week. And I just want us to begin to do some more of that. So, And myself included. I, I'm, not, I'm not pointing. I'm just saying we can do that. We can do that. All right. The other thing, the other thing that the Lord's inviting us to is to make his presence our home. So if we dwell in the shelter of the Most High, we will abide in the shadow of the Almighty. He's saying, I, if, you, if you begin to sit in my presence, I'm going to make it to where you're so uncomfortable outside of my presence, you're just going to live in my presence all the days of your life. Amen. Proverbs 18.10 <laughs> the name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run to it and they are safe. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. It means that, that, that we go to him and he's our safe place. He's our hiding place. To sit down with the Lord, to dwell with the Lord is amazing. But if that's where we stop, we're going to miss out on what he really wants to give us. And there's something much, much deeper that he wants to call us into. He's inviting people to spend the night, if you will. He's inviting people to have intimacy with him. He's inviting people into a lifestyle of becoming so obsessed with him that, 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 that he's, he begins to inundate nearly every single thought that you have during the day. And, and, and I'll be honest, like I, I just want to be aware of him all the days of my life. And there's some days when I'm much more aware of him than other days. And there are times where I feel like I spend like, I was aware of you for two hours straight. And then I wasn't aware of you for like half the day because I just got busy. And it's learning to con continue to commune with the Lord, to abide with him all day long. And it's like, I don't have to go and get down on my knees and pray my best King James prayer to try and impress him. I, I just begin to think about him and talk to him throughout the day and commune with my father because he's there. And that's what he desires us to do. And as we begin, <coughs> as we begin to do that, he begins to change us. He begins to change our hearts. <coughs> So if we start to abide, how do we continue to abide? Because like, I, I, like nothing irks me more than starting something and not finishing something. Now, if something, let's say this for the church, if the ministry's not working or if we missed it, like I don't feel bound to continue to do something just because of religious tradition says we need to keep doing it. That's not what I'm talking about, okay? 
Okay, but, but I do believe that, that, that we need to learn to just be okay to shift gears. But how do, we, how do we continue to abide? Because I don't want to start it and then six months from now, everyone be in the same place that they are today. Or it's like when we have revival special services, the women's conference is coming up in April. I pray you ladies get absolutely wrecked, right? And then right after that, Dr. Rob McCorkle will be here for a few days. And, and, and I'm really excited about that. Then Bohai and his team will be here at the very end of August. And like we have these things, these people coming in. And my prayer, like if it ever becomes about we're having two or three days of services. And then we go back to where we were before these people came. We'll stop having people come. What it's doing is we want to spur each other on and learn to grow in the things of God. I don't want to start something and stop something. And so I don't want to start abiding in the Lord and then stop abiding in the Lord. So how do you continue to abide? Verse 2, Psalm 91. I will say to the Lord. This is David writing. I will say to the Lord. My refuge and my fortress, my God and whom I trust. I will say to the Lord. David is making a declarative set, uh, sentence here. He, he, he's not saying, I will think to the Lord. Right? I will write about the Lord. I will Facebook about the Lord. I will Instagram about the Lord. It's gross. It's just gross. It's, I'm sorry. I don't know what's on today. I'm aggravated with that stuff. I will say to the Lord, something shifts when we begin, when we transition from saying things about God and we start saying things to God. <laughs> Rather than arguing with people saying, God's good, God's good. I, I, I got, again, social media, I got on there the other day and someone was just madder than fire and they posted this great big rant and they were using all kinds of swear words and this and that and saying Christian rights are being taken away and this, that, and the other. And I'm thinking, holy smokes, dude, if you would just shut up for just a minute and begin to tell God how good he is rather than telling people how wrong they are, maybe something would shift. Come on. Something changes when we start. Like, I, I, like we sing th- songs about God, but I want to sing songs to God. All right. David, he, he had sat down with the Lord and he began to dwell. And David, he was invited to a life with intimacy with the Lord, which, by the way, David's the one that killed the giant Goliath. David's the one that he was a shepherd boy. And, 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 and Samuel was supposed to anoint the next king of Israel because Israel was disobedient and they had to have a king. Right. <clears throat> they had a king. They just didn't realize they had a king. And so David he, he gets chosen. Why, I, this is why I believe David got chosen. It says that he was, a, 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 there was no one like him, but I believe David got chosen because David learned to worship in the field when no one else was around. Amen. Come on. By the way, you find out what you really believe if you can do it when no one's looking. So David goes out, he worships, he gets anointed king, and he says, I will say to the Lord, my refuge my shield, my God in whom I trust. Like I don't, it's just like what you said a few days ago. I, I don't want, I, I'm done. I don't want to just hear God described. I want to spend my life discovering who he is. That's what it's about, man. <laughs> he wants to invite us into this life. I'm telling you, I will say to the Lord, I, I want to begin to say, you are my refuge you are my strength 
In you I put my trust. I don't put my trust in horses. I don't put my trust in chariots. But I put my trust in the living God. In you. I put it in you. I want to begin to talk to him about those things. It's as simple as this. God's so good. We say like God's good all the time, all the time. God's good. God's good all the time, all the time. God's good. We say that. Which is truth, but what if we transition to saying you're good? I mean, it'd be really weird if I looked at Tosh and said, I think my wife's pretty. All the time. It'd be much more effective if I looked at her in the eyes and I said, You look really pretty today. See what I'm saying? I guess silly, but it's the truth. I just don't want to say something about him. I want to say, begin to learn to say it to him. And there are times when I say things about him. Okay, I say things about him to people all the time. Because if, if Bob said, tell me about God, and I'm like, you're really good, Lord. Like, that'd be weird. <laughs> right? I'd say, he's so good. He's so good. And then I walk away and be like, thank you, Lord. For, thank you. You are good because you gave me an opportunity to share about you. I'm going to begin to say things to him. Hmm. Again, the goal of Christian life is to abide. Look, look at the last passage I want to look at this morning, just for, for a few minutes. I don't know what, how long it will take me, but it will be a few minutes. <laughs> look at Luke 10, verse 38. Familiar story. Because I, I'll share this, like, the most important thing about this church is, is his presence. Yeah. It's him. We don't spend a lot of money on a lot of different things. I want people to have him. I don't want to spend a lot of money on doing evangelistic outreaches. I'm not saying we won't ever. I just think you happen to be the evangelistic outreach. And if I have to entertain people to get in here, I'm probably going to have to entertain people to keep them. And that costs a lot of money. I'd rather people just fall madly in love with him and not care about anything else other than him. You know, I, I, I would love for someone to come in here and say, I was blind, but now I see. <laughs> I was lost, but now I'm found. Right? I think, that, and then they go about their day and then they go to their work and they're like, well, what's, what's up? And they're like, I don't know what happened to me. <laughs> But I met God, and he's real. And it was in this little dilapidated shopping center, or, or I, met this, I met this one person that goes to this one church, and, and they, just, they just told me everything that was going on in my life. They laid hands on me, and I got healed. I mean, I mean, what would it look like if those things began to happen? All right, so Luke 10, verse 38. Now as they were traveling along, he entered a village, and a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. She had a sister called Mary who was seated at Jesus' feet listening to his word. Hmm. But Martha was distracted with all her preparations and she came up to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to do all the serving alone? Then tell her to help me. But the Lord answered and said to her, Martha, Martha, you're worried and bothered about so many things, but only one thing is necessary. I want you to focus on that verse. Only, I'm going to go back to it, but only one thing is necessary. 
For Mary has chosen the good part, which shall not be taken away from her. We've taught this. You've probably heard Dr. Rob teach on this. But it says that Mary was seated at his feet, which literally means that, that Jesus is sitting here. She, he's, he's sitting here, and she goes, and she just sits right up against his feet. And she's just looking up at him, just listening to every word that he speaks. And she's just enamored with him. And nothing else matters in the world that's going on other than looking right into his eyes and listening to what he's speaking. So she's just sitting there receiving. And it says that Martha was distracted by preparations. And distracted means that that she didn't even have the ability to recognize what was going on by preparations. I've translated that before for you. I mean, she was distracted by her ministry is what that translates. Like her job was to serve, I guess. And she was distracted by the busyness of ministry. If I can be honest, I've been distracted by the busyness of ministry before. And I've missed out on spending time with him. And he would rather us spend time with him than just do stuff. And it's like sometimes we do stuff in the name of Jesus so that we feel better about ourselves. Rather than just spending time with Jesus. It's truth. It's truth. And I'm not saying that we shouldn't do things for Jesus. I'm just saying that we should ask why we do things for Jesus. Motive determines how high we fly. And so, <laughs> you guys are getting quiet, so that's okay. Let's sit in a fiery message. That's all right. It's not supposed to be. <laughs> so she was distracted by her preparations. Like, you understand she wasn't living a life of sin. She was serving Jesus. She just happened to be making him grilled cheese sandwiches he didn't ask for. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> he didn't even ask for him. And he said, only one thing's needed. Only one thing's necessary. What's that one thing? Him. Like, he is the target. He is the goal. He's the prize. Jesus is the prize, folks. I realize this Father, Son, Holy Spirit. I realize that. But Jesus is the prize. And he says, look, you've been doing this stuff for me that I didn't even ask you to do. And she's just sat here listening to me. You see, I know when we say he's the most important person and we, we don't do a lot of stuff, people say, well, what about outreach? Well, I think, you're, again, you're the outreach. Well, what about this? What about serving the poor? We do serve the poor. But again, not at, not at the stopping of doing this. Okay? Not at the stopping of doing that. And, and I'll tell you, when we move back there, you're going to have the opportunity to serve the poor all the time. Yes, John Jersey, like, I don't know how many people, like, like we have a lot of foot traffic here. It's ridiculous the amount of foot traffic on the opposite side of our building. Yeah. I, I mean, like, I, I had no idea just how valuable it was going to be being next door to Family Dollar. I'm just being serious. That's like the neighborhood grocery store. And I can't tell you how many people that, that are people this week stopped and talked to or prayed with or how many people walked in this week and... And, and so we have the opportunity to do that. But if I don't do this, I have nothing to give them. 
other than other than just meeting the, the what is it, like, like when Bartimaeus was begging and he was saying alms for the poor, alms for the poor. Sure, I could give them just a little bit and, and be able to put food in their stomach. But I want to be able to do more than that. I want to be able to say, receive your sight. I want to give them exactly what they need. Now, speaking of giving people what they need, here, here's a testimony. Jamie saw this yesterday. Last, last Sunday, a Gerilyn, a woman, walked in the front door, right? Totally just messed up church service. <laughs> it was awesome. Walks in, and you all just begin to bless this woman. We knew she just, Lord wanted us to bless her. You know, she came back yesterday afternoon to thank us. She didn't. She didn't want nothing. She she, yeah. She found a home in Kansas City, and uh, and and long story short, uh, she she pulled she pulled up her pant legs and showed me showed me that you know her her she was done getting whatever she was getting. She showed me her brand new socks that she had got because some of you just ended up blessing her, and she's telling me this with tears down her face and just what it meant to her. Now now it would have been really easy. It would have been really easy to just say, you know what, just go along your way. We got some other things to do. Or if we hadn't been in the spirit, we could have just been like, here's the money, go. But we took the time to minister to someone because we had been ministering to the Lord first. And because we actually had something worthwhile giving, someone actually received. And to the point that she received that she came back. That's mind-boggling. And not just coming back looking for a handout, but coming back to say thank you. And Jamie was right there. So, so you're going to ask her, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm not exaggerating, am I? And we blessed her again on her way out <laughs> because that's what the father does. He just says, says I don't need any more. That's okay. Take it anyway. Right. And so that's what he does. I don't need any more grace. That's okay. Just take some more. I mean, that's what he does. But I'm telling you, only one thing is needed. He is the desire of the nations, is what the word says. And if he lives inside of me, he, I become the desire of the nations. Not because of me, but because of Christ in me, the hope of glory. Which means that it begins to draw people to us that absolutely need the Lord. That they're drawn to the presence. His presence is attractive. His presence is enticing. His presence is good. And if we don't have that, if we don't learn to abide, I'm telling you, folks, we might as well close that shop. It's hard to abide. Some of y'all have been going through some of the biggest trials since you ever. Perseverance, sickness, waiting on a home to sell. Y'all have been sick since you moved. I could go around the room and look at nearly every one of you and say what you're going through. Jobs needed, you name it. But don't let it stop this. Here's, 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 here's the truth, and I'm going to say this, and I believe we're just going to pray. It's easy. It's easy to learn to dwell and to abide when things are going really good. But the moment it gets tough, that's when we find out what we're really made of, if you will. That's when we find out what we believe. That's if we find out what we, that's where we find out if what we say we believe, if we actually believe it or not. 
Thanks for listening to this week's message. The goal of River City Hope Church is to provide as many resources as we can for free. If you'd like to support this ministry, go to HopeForRiverCity.com. Again, that's Hope, the number four, RiverCity.com.